Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Pearly Martin. Thank you for dropping in on my morning podcast, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Yes, you heard it here. You heard it here. Thank you guys for joining in. Please share this podcast. If you would like to support us, please feel free to do so. Um, by hitting on that support link, okay? Um, But we're getting ready to get right into today's message. Um, But you you guys already know that first we're going to pray. This is a good Sunday morning. It's um, August 29th, 2021. It's another beautiful day. But first we're going to pray. We're going to talk about today. I want to ask you the question now before we we get in so you can, you know, just have an idea of what we're going to talk about. I want to ask the question, do you know that your body will do what the mind tell it to? Excuse me. It's rigged like that. It just worked like that. That's because God created it like that. (laughs) But you know what, guys, we're going to pray first. Father, we just thank you for being here together with us in the midst of us, Lord God. We thank you, Father, that your word, that it will not return void unto you because you will has promised to watch over it, to perform it. And Father, we come together today. We'll assemble ourselves today in honor and worship of you, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, Father, because we need to know, we need to know, we want to know what you know, Lord God. And you said you water those that are thirsty. You said those that are hungry and thirsty, you, uh, you feed them, Father. You will fill them, Lord God. And so, Father, we come together today in your name, Jesus, asking you to open our eyes. Holy Spirit, open our eyes so we can see, open our ears so we can hear what the Spirit of the living God is saying. Give us a rhema word, Father, and give us your wisdom to be able to do whatever it is that your word today is asking us to do, is requiring us to do, Father. For we're here to walk in agreement with you. We're not here to resist you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, today we're coming out of, again, again, we're talking about, do you know <laughs> that your body is doing what your mind is telling it to? We know this. We know this, that, you know, that our motor skills and everything comes from the brain. But I want to show you from the word. We're going to start in Romans, Romans 8. And let's start with, let's go to six. It says, the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God, law, nor can it do so. Um, Let me read the NLT version. It says, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. English Standard says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Okay, let's go down. I want to see what the Amplified says. The Amplified version says, The mind of the flesh, with its sinful pursuit, It is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. So let's let's dig in here a little bit. It's saying because the mind is set on on the flesh. The mind is set on the flesh for the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God. This is Holman Christian standard because it does not submit itself to God's law for it is unable to do so. So the mind is set on the flesh. The, the, for the mindset of the flesh. So the mindset of the flesh is when we make up in our mind that we want to do what we want to do. This is why we must do like Romans 12, 1 and 2 tell us. We must submit ourselves, submit our bodies under the mighty hand of the Lord. Be not conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We have to change our way of thinking to change our way of living. See, the reason we're stuck where we're at is because we refuse to change our mindset. And another thing, it's not just enough to know what the word of God is saying, but we must ask him for his wisdom so we can know how to do what his word is saying. Remember the word tells us, he says, not for us not to be a hearer only, but to be a doer also, lest we deceive 
ourselves. I don't know about you, but the worst deception, it really is, it still is, is self-deception. Um, because the deception of it all is that by us knowing the word, we become know-it-alls. And knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. It's not enough just to know what to do, because until we do what it says, we're still being disobedient. Right. So he said it's better not to know than to know and not follow. Why? Because until we do what God say do, we're walking in rebellion. And how many of us know that delayed obedience is still disobedience? So today when we hear this word, uh, my, my prayer is that we will not harden our hearts, but we will listen to what it's saying and we will do what it's saying. OK, so the mindset, the mind of the flesh is hostile, the carnal mind. The, the carnal mind tells the flesh what to do. The carnal mindset is the mind that has not been renewed to the word of God. Therefore, it does not submit to God. Um, it's not going to do what God says. This is why um, it, the, the battleground is in the mind. This is the area that the devil wants to come to plot and plan. He wants to plot his evil suggestions. He wants to speak words to us that's contrary to God's word. And a lot of ways that he come in really is through the door of of fear. The Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. That we have been adopted. He has not called us to go back into uh, the, uh, 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 the bondage of slavery to fear again. For he has adopted us. And this is why we call him Abba Father. There's nothing to fear because the spirit of God is not just with us. The spirit of God is on the inside of us. How about that? So he's, and and every time we're doing what God asks us to do, we can really say that God is for us. Why is God for us? God is fighting for us. He's always for us, right? Um, God is fighting for us. And when God is fighting for us, Romans 8, 34 says, who is there to condemn us for Christ Jesus who died and more than that was raised? When God is for us, when God is for us, nothing or no one can be against us. When God is for us, nothing or no one can stand against us. When, how do we know when God is for us? When we're doing what he say, when we're saying what he say? Because remember here, the word of God tells us, God watched over his own word to perform it. Hold on one second. Let me find that scripture for us. Um, God is for us. Who can stand against us? Who can stand against us? Okay, who can stand against us? It's Romans 8 and 31. Sorry about that. Romans 8 and 31. It says, when then, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who in the world can be against us? Who it, he, did, he who did not spare his own angels, his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him freely give us all things? God is not trying to withhold anything from us. That was Romans 8, 30 through 32 I just read. He didn't even spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all. What else is there he will not freely give us? God is not trying to keep any good thing from us. Um, when we're, when we're uh, saying what God is saying, living like God is, you know, being obedient to what he's saying, then we, God is for us. God is for his own self. God is for his word. God loves us. Don't get me wrong. Um, uh, the, but if we continue, do we continue to live a lifestyle that's contrary to God's word? Do we continue to live in sin so grace abound? God forbid, the Bible say, for God is for us. Who can be against us? Right? When God is for us, who can be against us? What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Uh, Psalms 118 and 6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Uh, Psalms 56, 9 says, Then my enemies will retreat on the day I cry for help. By this, I will know that God is on my side. You know, the word of God tells us and teaches us 
that God is a present help in our time of trouble. So how is God a present? Because you know, we know that God is not confined by time. He created time for us. God is outside of time, right? Because this is how he's omnipotent and omnipresent. He's omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere at the same time. And he's already in our tomorrow because he's not confined by time. <laughs> so this is how he was all, He was able to be the fourth man in the fire when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was thrown in the fire because he was already in the fire because he was in the trouble before they got into the trouble. <laughs> he was in the fire before they threw him in the fire. And, and it's the same way now, but the spirit of God, we even have a better covenant because He's on the inside of us, but his angels, they go before us. They go ahead of us to prepare the way for he knows the path that he has for us, the plans that he has for us. The Bible says, Psalm says that we submit our ways, our works unto the Lord. Our plans will be established. Why? Because he already knows. He's saying, my word is a lamp, unto, uh, a light unto your, uh, a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. So the word of God will show us it will lead God and direct us. So when we're following the leading of the word, that's how we've been led by the spirit. When we're following the word, we're following after God, right? Because God and his word is one. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. The word dwelt among men, right? Um, so God and his word is one. God in his word is one. So when we're being obedient to God's word, we're following him. Those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Right. And a stranger's voice and those um, are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God and a stranger's voice. They will not follow. What is a stranger's voice? A stranger's voice is the voice of the world. When the world, the, that's why I say don't let your television tell you your vision. Because the media, they're not speaking on behalf of God. That's why it's always mostly negative news. <laughs> negative news is not God's news. Okay, don't get me wrong. We do have prophetic warnings. That's Even that is not negative because that's just the Lord letting us know the flood is coming, the storms are coming, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, But negative, if it's not what God is saying, then it's not God saying it. <laughs> you know, if it's not God, if it's, if it's contrary to what the word of God says, then God is not saying it. God does not speak contrary to his word. I don't care who's saying it. I don't care how famous they are. I don't care what their title is. I don't care how well you know them. I don't care how popular they are. I'm telling you, if they're not saying what the word of God is saying, it's not God saying it. Because even the elect will be deceived as we approach these evil end times. So the Bible say, my sheep know my voice and the stranger's voice they will not follow. So if you're following any voice that's speaking contrary to what God is saying. And we can't not be compromising when it comes to the word of God because it's the little foxes that spoil the whole vine. The little leaven leavens the whole lump. We just say, oh, well, uh, yeah, they just say, they say some off stuff here and there. No, you need to pay attention to that. You need to pay attention to that. Because once you get used to submitting yourself up under a false spirit, you find yourself saying amen to stuff that's not even in the word of God. Quit a, quit uh, saying, quit amen things that God is not saying. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good it sounds. If the word of God is, you can't show me in the word of God where you're saying what he said, then it ain't him saying it. But how many of you know that we have an unction from the Holy One and the Holy Spirit will let you know when someone is sitting up saying stuff, if that's his voice. He said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger's voice they will not follow. Even in the songs that's being sang, make sure that they're scriptural because you can sing a lie as well as you can tell a lie. Listen to the words. We can't just... Lay back and go to sleep. We have to be sober and we have to stay alert. We have to pay attention and don't ignore God's warning signs. When the Holy Spirit is convicting you, when the Holy Spirit is saying, mm, something ain't quite right with that. Don't let someone else sit up and talk you into something that you know ain't true just because they're your friend and they're doing it too. Mm, I'm going to sit there just for a second. But we're talking about how the body will do what the mind tell it to, right? I'm trying to stick with this. It, the Bible tells us that the carnal mind 
The carnal mind is enmity against God. The unrenewed mind is enmity against God because it has a mind of its own. You notice that you got saved, right? My first time getting becoming a believer, I didn't know that you had to renew your mind. I just thought that when I accepted Jesus Christ, everything is going to be fine. <laughs> this is why when people uh, accept Christ, they feel like all oh, heck has broken loose because what's happening is the flesh and the spirit, it begins to war against each other. The mind, the mind of the spirit, flesh is warring against the, the spirit of God. Romans 8, 7 and 9 says, because the current New King James Version, it says, because this, the reason this is happening is because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. In action, it can't do it. So that those who are in the flesh, guess what? Cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Then the spirit of God is dwelling in you. I'm finna tell you how I know. Because then the next verse says, Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So you see, everybody is not God's children, but everybody is God's creation. You know how we say we're all God's children. That's not true. Because Romans 8 and 9 tells us, Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he's not his. We're not all serving the same God. Sometimes I stop and I ask the question, when you say God, what? Do, who are you talking about? When you say you believe in God, excuse me, when you say you believe in God, what do you mean? What do you mean when you say you believe in God? And what God do you believe in? I'm just going to wait there for a minute. Okay, so um, again, we're talking about do you know, my question to you was, do you know that the body will do what the mind tell it to? Let me, let me prove it here. The apostle Paul was talking about uh, when he wanted to do evil, when he wanted to do good, evil was always present, right? Let's look at that closer. I love the book of Romans. Romans 7. Let's look at Romans 7, NIV version. It says, uh, he said he was, uh, he was saying, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. God knows we've been there before. I, I, you know, I like to tell people when I first became born again, I felt like a bipolar Christian. You guys pick up my books too. They're online at Amazon.com, Pearly Martin Books. I talk about this in my book called Exposing the Devil Devices. I talk about how I felt like a bipolar Christian because <laughs> I wanted to do what, the, what I was reading but I didn't know how to see. I didn't know. I didn't have the wisdom. I didn't know how to do what I know, what I knew. And it was so frustrating because I wanted to do it. Because, you know, when you accept Jesus Christ, your spirit, it really is willing because God, when you become born again, the Lord God, he gives you his. He takes out the stony heart. Ezekiel says, how many of you know that God did the first open heart surgery? Let me find this. What happens? I'm going to show you what happens when we become born again. He takes out um, he takes out that stony heart. Hold on one one moment. Let me find it here. He takes out the stony heart and he gives us a heart of flesh, which is his heart filled with his desires. Ezekiel 36, 26, it says, I will take out that stony heart of flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, a tender heart, a soft heart. He's gonna um that's what he does. He takes away the stony heart, the heart that was filled with sin. When we become born again, actually, we have a spiritual heart trans, uh, <laughs> transplant. <laughs> and God was the one that did the very first open heart surgery, by the way. Um, he just gave man knowledge and wisdom how to do it. Um, but what he did was he, he took out that stony heart of flesh, and then he gives us I mean, a stone, he takes out the stony heart of flesh and he gives us a heart of flesh. Uh, he gives us his heart, his tender heart. He takes out of our, he takes our sinful heart out and he gives us his heart filled with his love and his desires. And this is why um, once you become born again, you, your desires change because we have a new heart. Our heart is not filled with sin. We don't have that sinful heart, that sinful nature anymore. So when we accept Jesus Christ, well, we used to get before we used to say and do anything we want. And there was no conviction. 
This is how we know that we are God's children because he chastised those he loved. Now when you start doing all that cussing and all that stuff you used to do, you feel kind of convicted by it because now your, your heart has changed. His spirit bears witness with our spirit to let us know that we are indeed children of God. So when we, when we accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and now we're feeling convicted by when we do stuff, that's him letting us know that's not right. He chastised those that he loved. And when we can just continue to live any kind of way and not feel any kind of eviction, that means that's a hardened heart. That heart, chance, you know, if you don't accept Jesus Christ, you're not going to feel convicted by the things you say and the things you do because you still have that old sinful heart. Therefore, even today, don't harden your heart because you can harden, you harden your heart when we resist the word of God. Every time we say no to God, it puts a layer on us. It hardens your heart. Harden not your heart, the Bible says. Heart, like they did in the days of, day of rebellion. Harden not your heart. They knew what God had said, but yet they were still bent on doing and believing the way they were believing. So the children of Israel could not enter into God's rest. They could not have his peace because of unbelief. How many of you know that we cannot have God's peace if we live a lifestyle of, of unbelief? We have to believe what he says in order to enter into his rest. And how many of you guys know that when we don't believe what God say, we call him a liar, a L-I-A-R. This is why without faith, it is impossible to please God because when we are not believing him, we're calling him a liar. And I don't know about you, that's not pleasing to me or to you or anyone else to have someone calling you a liar. It's like you're sitting up and you're talking to someone. And everything they're saying, you're saying to them, that's a lie, that's a lie. Jesus already said that by his stripes ye were healed, meaning it's already finished and already done. And how many of you know that when our unrenewed carnal mindset begin to speak things contrary to what he said, we're calling him a liar. This is preventive. This is not this is counterproductive. Uh doubt. An unbelief, an unrenewed mind keeps us from being able to receive the promises of God. Your spirit can be saved, but if your mind is not renewed, you're going to live the same old evil kind of way. You're going to live a convicted life. You should have some conviction. That's if you got saved for real. But if you, we can live any kind of way and not feel any kind of conviction, then we're none of his. Because his spirit, he said he chastised those that he loved. The way he chastises us is one way is through conviction. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but I did came, come to convict the world. He came to convince the world that we are in need of a Savior. I'm Okay, so the body will do what the mind tells it to. This is why we have to renew our mind to the Word of God. We have to put on the mind of Christ. In order to think God's thoughts, we have to know what His Word says. How many of you know that God's words is His thoughts? I'm going to show it to you in a little bit. The Bible says that the Word of God was inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? Let me see. uh, The Word of God, it's an incorruptible seed. When we were born again, we were born of an incorruptible seed and not of a corruptible seed. Hold on one second. The Word of God was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, Word of God was inspired by the Holy Spirit. I, I write uh, prophetically. When I write books, I write under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I write prophetically. Um, a lot of times when I'm writing books, I'm just getting the revelation knowledge at the time that I'm writing. The Holy Spirit speaks and I write. That's how I write. Um, 2 Timothy 3 and 16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. This is the purpose of God's word. It says all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching us, for an example of what to do and what not to do, for rebuking us, you know, telling us we're wrong, right? Jesus did. He rebuked people. And for correcting and training in righteousness, teaching us how to live righteously. That's the NIV. NLT says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So God chastised those that he loved. He uses his word. Uh, 
when we live, move contrary to what he, what he said, the, his spirit that's on the inside of us, it grieves him. Do you know that the Holy Spirit can be grieved? He can be made sad. The Holy Spirit, he is the third person in the God of Trinity. So, uh, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I won't leave you as an orphan and I won't leave you comfortless, but I will send you another comforter. And, uh, it's the Holy Spirit. And he said, he will, um, He's, his job is to comfort us, to help us, to teach us, to lead us, to guide us. Um, it's the power. The Holy Spirit is the one that releases the manifest the manifested power of God through us into the lives of others. Okay. Um, okay, so uh, NLT says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So this is why it's so important that once we begin, we accept Jesus Christ, that we be, we renew our mind so we can live Christ-like. You've seen someone shout on Sunday, and as soon as they come out of the building, they live in the same kind of way, still doing the same kind. Nothing about their lifestyle has changed. Why is this? Because the body is do, doing what the mind is telling it to. We're not. They're not spending time renewing their mind. And their chances are they're really torn and tormented because if they got saved for real, they're being very uh, convicted every time they do something contrary to what God's word. And I think it's because of just a lack of knowledge. God tells us, he said, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Or one translation, I believe, says my people are destroyed because they don't know me. So God and his word is one, right? All scriptures are inspired by him for an example to tell us what to do, tell us what not to do too. So the good, the bad, the ugly, it's all in here that for our examples of what to do, what not to do, right? So when, um, and, and it's the inspired written word. So when we're reading the word, we're reading what God inspired them to write. It's called prophetic writing, prophetic scribes. I write prophetically. My, everything you read in my books is going to be stuff that the Lord has told me while I was writing. Okay, I have several books online. I'll, I think it's about 10. I'm not sure. Think of some of my Bible study guides. Okay, um, let's get back to this. So we're talking about how the body will do what the mind tell it to, right? So he, he goes on here um, and talks about, we was talking about how when we become born again and our mind is not renewed, how it feels like, oh my God, it was like, it seems like things have gotten worse because now your flat, your spirit don't want to do those things that used to do because now it's getting convicted. And so this is what's going on. So the apostle Paul tells us in Romans 7, 15 through 20, we're going to read it here. Uh, this is the NIV version. It says, I do not understand what I do. For what I, what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I'm agreeing that it, that the law is good. In other words, I'm agreeing that God's word is true. So even though I'm doing stuff that's contrary to what God says, I'm getting convicted and it's letting me know that what I'm doing is wrong. So what God is saying is right. That's why I'm getting feeling this conviction because the lifestyle that I'm living is contrary to what God's word is saying. Okay. Uh, 16 says, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. 17 says, as it is, it is no longer, uh-oh, listen to this. Romans 7, 17, NIV. It says, as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Uh-oh. Yes, yeah, see, he says, as it is, it is no longer I, myself. Why, what is he in the world is he talking about? He's not, it's not that he's not denying, you know, the fact that his flesh did it. He said, but it's the sin that's living in me. It's my sinful nature because that's not who I am. He was identifying with who he was in Christ. The apostle Paul wrote, he is the one that wrote 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, look, see, all things have become new. He's talking about his spirit because the real us, how many of you know that the real us is our spirit? It's so important to know this. We're three-part beings, spirit, soul, 
and body. We're spirit first. This is why when a person dies, <laughs> their flesh is left behind because that's not the real them. The real them is the spirit. And the spirit, the Bible says the spirit that giveth life. So when the spirit leaves the body, the body long ceased to live, right? It wasn't until after God breathed into man that he became a living being. It's the spirit. He breathed his soul, his Zoe life. He breathed his spirit into man. That's when man became a living being. This is why I say don't let the devil take your breath because breath comes from God, right? The spirit of fear will cause anxiety and cause people to lose their breath. This virus is not a death sentence. I've known so many people who've had it and they didn't die. They stayed home and they treated themselves. Um, I'm, I would like to know, is it the virus causing people to die with the ventilator machines? I'm sorry I have to ask that question, but I have to put it out there because I need people to think about it. Where does most of these people die? Is it in the hospital or is they at home? Is it the ventilator or is it the virus? Because everybody... <clears throat> And be and be aware too, because when that spirit comes on us, people um, that spirit of fear, it will cause anxiety. Uh, anxiety is fear, it, and, and uh, anxiety with the world, because it, it's such a common household. I'm sorry to stray away, but I have to say this: it's such a. We, it has become socially acceptable that spirit of fear. We need to call it what it is. Well, you guys take out your dictionary, your Google, or whatever, and look up the word fear and anxiety. You're going to find that word in here. But that spirit has become so sociably acceptable that we call it my anxiety. And how many of you know that every time you call it yours, you it you you can you possess it because you confess it, you possess it. You're saying this is my spirit of fear. Fear is nobody's friend, and we need to quit claiming it as ours. And when that spirit comes, we need to speak to it and tell it to loose you and let you go because God is not giving you a spirit of fear. That I've seen that spirit come on people and they had to run to the emergency room personally um, because they could not breathe. Okay. It wasn't anything with COVID. It, it was what they call a panic attack or anxiety. It's called fear. And what happens is when that spirit, you can feel that spirit when it comes on you. You can feel when a demonic spirit comes on you. You guys ever heard said things like, I felt, at first I was feeling okay and then I just felt, just felt like something came down on me. That's that spirit of infirmity or that spirit of fear that comes on us. Come on now, we, we have to quit, um, quit taking these demons on and claiming them. Uh, my anxiety my this, my underlining conditions, my, 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 my. You're gonna, you're, you're possessing it because we're confessing it. We have to renew our mind to what the Word of God say so we can start saying what it says. Because the Word of God, excuse me, how many of you know that the Word of God is our weapon of warfare? Yes, the Word of God excuse me, the word of God is our weapon of warfare. So when we don't know what the word of God says, we are in a fight with no weapon. How many of you know that the word tells us to fight the good fight of faith? So what is the good fight of faith? I asked the Lord, <laughs> I talk about this in my book, Exposing the Devil to Fights. I'm like, so what's good about a fight? <laughs> Well, the, the the good thing about a fight is that it's already been won. The devil is already defeated. Jesus is still Lord. We're more than a conqueror. Everything that we're going through, Christ has already been through. So why not follow the path that's already been set before us? So this is why the Lord said, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge me and I'll direct your path because <laughs> I know in the way which I have the path on which I have prepared for you. I know which way. I am the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. I'm already in your tomorrow. I'm not confined by time. You're confined by time. You can't live in tomorrow because you ain't got there yet, but I'm already in your tomorrow. You see, so um, we have to know the word of God. We have to put on the mind of Christ. We have to change the hard drive by renewing our mind. So the, um, here, I'm, I'm going to see if I can get through this. Romans 7, 15 through 20. It says, I do not understand what I do. For what I do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if and if I do what I do not want to do, 
I agree that the law is good. God's word is good. 17, as it is no longer I myself who do it, but this sin living in me. 18, for I know the good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Mm. For I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. <laughs> I'm doing the thing that I don't even want to do. Why? Am, and this is what I mean when I said I felt like a bipolar Christian because this was happening to me. Why am I doing? Now, I, I just read that. It told me not to do that. You know, here I am acting like this again. Boy, it was really frustrating. I was a baby Christian. I was really frustrated. I hadn't read this yet. It says um, at that time. It says, for I do not do what I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This is the thing that I'm, I keep on doing. I, you know, I know you's like, I don't, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to say that, but you made me. Let's quit with that made me stuff. Okay. Because God wants us to get control over our own emotions. Go back and listen to my podcast. Uh, it talks about ruling your own emotions. Um, a lot of this stuff that I'm talking to you about come out of my book, Understanding Your Own Issues and Other Issues. But this um, um, ruling your own emotions, we have a say so, we have a choice. And I don't know about you, but I like to tell people to say that someone can make you do something, that's too much power. <laughs> I'll, I'll just, I'll claim my own, uh, confess my own thoughts. Because for me to say that you can make me, the same way you can't make me do good is the same way you can't make me do bad. When people try to make you do good, the good thing, try to encourage you to do the right thing. Come on, let's go to church. Listen. People say, oh, you're trying to manipulate, you're trying to control. But when people get angry at that same person, then they say, well, you made me. The devil is a liar. See, life is choices and we get to choose whether we want to do what the devil say do or we want to do what God say do. The Bible says a soft answer will turn away wrath. But see, we have to know what the word of God says. We have to, what, what type of, the word is our weapon. And when we don't know the word, we have no weapons in our arsenal. It's like being dropped off in the middle of Afghanistan during wartime without a weapon. Can you imagine that? And so this is how we live in life. If we're not prepared and equipped, our minds are not renewed. We have gifts. People are operating in the ministry under gifts, but they have the straight up carnal mind because they don't spend no time in the word. They equate going to church as taking the place of God's word. It's a form of godliness. But when we don't know what the, we're not doing what the word of God say, we're denying the power. And this is why the name of Christ has been so blasphemy been called hypocrites and everything and it's all because the people aren't being taught the word of God and then the ones that are being taught the word of God we have to discipline our flesh and we really have to tell it this is what you will do and this is what you won't do isn't this what we try to do to our kids we try to discipline our kids and we discipline ourselves our own flesh the way we discipline our children some of us will be well prepared and equipped. This is what they do in the military. In the military, they're disciplining you. They're saying, you do what I say do. You do, you know, you got to go into the field. You got to dig this ditch or whatever it is. The purpose of that training is to let you know you're no longer in charge. You have to be willing to listen to us. You have to be willing to obey us because it's going to be a life or death situation when you're out there in wartime. The whole purpose of that basic training is to prepare and equip a soldier for the work of that job, of their job. And it's the same way with the Word of God. So when they're going through basic training, they got to sit in on some classes. They got to learn some stuff. They have to whole change their whole way of thinking. They're given a weapon. They're told to shoot, to kill, you know, when you're in war, all kinds of stuff. They have to change their whole way of thinking. And this is how it is. We're in, we're in a war. You know, we, we joined the Lord's army. When we, when we said yes to God, we said no to the devil. But that doesn't mean he's going to quit coming for us. Because the Bible tells us in Peter, be sober, be alert for your adversary. Because we have one, the devil. He's coming to seek who, can, who he can devour. And I'm telling you who he's devouring. The devil is devouring carnal mind, carnal mind um, believers, uh, uh, of Jesus Christ um, because their mind is not renewed and so he's using them and he's making a mockery out of them he's like well mom has been going to church 30 years and she's still cussing and acting the same ain't nothing about her change she's a hypocrite 
Why is this? Because they have not spent time renewing their mind. Our mind, our body will do what the mind tell it to. Okay. So the body say, okay, let's go to church today. Put our hat on, put our car, you know, do all these religious things. But then there's no transformation. In order to be ye transformed, like Romans 2 say, we have to renew our mind. Be not conformed. In order to be transformed, we have to change our mindset. So you're stuck where you're at because you won't change your mindset. Life is choices. And God said you get to choose. Life, death, blesses, or curses. If you want to change where you're at, you got to change your mindset. If you want to change your behavior, you got we got to change our thinking. Nothing changes without a decision. Nothing, no decisions are made without a thought. So what's your thinking? Our body is doing what the mind is telling it to. So here he says, Romans 7, um, 19, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Hmm. It's my sinful nature. This is the fight. This is the spiritual warfare. This is the inner turmoil that we feel. Um, the contents, the mind, the flesh, the nature of the flesh. We're still in a body. So we're going to, you know, the Apostle Paul says, I have to crucify, we have to crucify our flesh daily. In other words, we're going to have to make decisions all throughout this day by saying, look here, you won't do this. This you won't do. This you won't say. This, you know, and we're not going to, the only thing that devil is really uh, responsible for is the suggestion, putting the thought there. Unless a person is demon possessed, we have control over ourselves. Okay, of our choices. Um, but we get, to, we get to choose life, death, blessings, or curses. We get to choose. A man, the Bible tells us that a man is tempted to do evil when he's drawn away by his own flesh. James 1.13. Let's look at this. I want to show you how temptation works. Go down in my podcast. I got a podcast on that. Um, I'm talking about how temptation works. It says, um, let's start at first James, uh, James 1, 12 to 14. James 1, 12 through 14. It says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Verse 13, James 1, 13. It says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each man is tempted when he's drawn and lured away and enticed by his own evil desires. Let me read, um, go down a little bit further here. I'm going to go to the NLT. Let me read the NLT. James 1, 12 through 15. Let's just keep going here. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say that God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own evil, our own desires, which entice us and drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So when uh, oh, um, God is not tempting you to test you. Okay, let's do away with that. Because if we think that we're tempt- being tempted so God can test us, it's the devil that's tempting us. The Bible says man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own evil desires. Okay, so these desires, this is what the Apostle Paul was talking about. When I want to do good, evil is always present. I end up doing the, the evil thing that I don't want to do. This is the thing I want to do. This is the, the warfare between the flesh and the spirit. I said I wasn't going to say that. I keep saying that. I said I wasn't going to call her that. I keep calling her that, calling them that. I said I wasn't going to do that no more. I keep doing that. Why is this? Um, because our mind has got to be renewed. It's not the end of the story. I believe there is good news. The good news is... It's not that you necessarily, you're not an evil person. The good news is you have to change your choices. 
But the devil, how many of you know that the devil is tempting us with what's already inside of us? If we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we're still living the same kind of way, the good news is, is you can change that today. Um, When I wrote that book, Understanding Our Own Issues and Other Issues, the title was on purpose because we have to be able to see ourselves first. Um, I wrote it out of Proverbs 4 and 23, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of your life. Um, I think King James Version, one translation says, another translation says, everything that you do comes, in other words, everything that we do comes out of you. It comes out of us. What's inside of us is coming out of us. So we have to change the hard drive of our mind in order to control our body. I'm not talking about mind over matter. That's new age. I'm talking about God word over the matter. If we want to live Christ-like, we got to think Christ's thoughts. So the word of God is the inspired word. It's God-inspired word. It's God-inspired. So um, the word of God will teach us how to live righteously. It will rebuke us and it will correct us. And it's designed to teach us how to live righteously. So we want to live righteously the same way a soldier has to go through basic training and, and learn his new job description. And how, and then every time we get a new job, we have to, sometimes you had to go through classes. You got to go through orientation because you got to know what the new rules are. They're trying to change your mindset. They're trying to say, when you come here, this is what you do. This is how you do it. This is the protocol. All. This is the conduct. And this is what God is saying. Now that you have been born again, this is how you live. This is how, how you talk. Whatsoever, this is what you think. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are good report. Whatsoever is praiseworthy. Think on these things. You know, he's telling us how to live, how to fight this fight of faith. He, the word of God is designed to prepare and equip us for the work of the ministry. The word of God is designed and prepared to teach us how to live Christ-like. The word of God is designed to teach us how to live as ambassadors and ministers or reconciliators. So the reason we're failing uh, and people are calling the church is looking weak and people are calling Christians hypocrites is because their mind is not renewed to the word of God. The Holy Spirit, every time we do what God say do, the Holy Spirit is released to uh, his anointing is released to be able to help us to do Whatever it is he wants to do. God said, I said before you this day, life, death, bless, curses, you get to choose. Life is choices. We didn't just get here. It was one choice at a time. So if you want to change the position that you're in, you're going to have to change the thoughts that you're thinking. We have to think about what, think about your thoughts. (laughs) Are you thinking about your thoughts? He says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the winds. So you're here and you're there and you're just everywhere. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything they do. You see someone unstable in all his ways. This is what's going on. It's like when I'm with the world, I act like the world. When I'm with the church, I act like the church. Come on now. He said, that's a divided loyalty. God's word is all. When I'm with this bunch, I don't talk about God. But when I'm with this bunch, I talk about God. No, come on now. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. But if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. Um, we we can we can we confess Christ in the way we live. We deny Christ in the way we live. And sometimes when you get around other people, and because of the fear of man, you start saying the stuff that they're saying. And then when when you get with this person who who loves the Lord and talks about God, you talk about God. You have a carnal life, and you got a, you got the Christian life, and you got the carnal life. That's divided loyalty. You're not going to receive anything from the Lord like that. We have to be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the things of the Lord uh, in order to endure hardship like a good soldier, in order to endure, endure the temptation. The only thing that's happening when you're suffering is your flesh, and, and that's okay. Let it suffer. Isn't that what we do to our kids when we take stuff away from them? We take that phone from you. Their flesh going to suffer because their flesh is used to having that phone. Right. The moral of the story is I want you to understand and learn that when you do this, there's consequences. And it's the same way for us. 
When we don't do what the Word of God says, how many of you know the sin has consequences? We give place to the devil in our lives every time we don't do what God tells us to do. So we have to renew the mind. We have to change our mindset in order to change where we're at. So the Apostle Paul says, the thing I, um, he said, it's no longer I that's doing it. Romans 7, um, 20. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it's sin living in me that does it. It's my sinful nature that's causing me to do that thing that I don't want to do, he's saying. So how do we, so, so how do we get past this, the Apostle Paul? How do we, how do we move past this? Hold on one second. I'm going to give you the answer. Because he says, he tells us, he says, so it's with my mind I serve the law of sin. It's with my mind I serve the law of sin. No, it's with my mind I serve the Lord. I'm sorry about that. Romans 7, 25, he gives us the answer. Concerning the spiritual warfare, we know because we all been there. And if you accepted Jesus Christ for real, your desire is not to continue to live a lifestyle of sin. You, you, I mean, I've seen people, because they don't renew their mind, they're very miserable because they're, they're constantly grieving and being corrected by the Holy Spirit on the inside, and they don't know what to do with that. Well, I'm telling you, I'm going to give you the answer now. The Apostle Paul says, the thing that I don't want to do, I end up doing it. So it's no longer I that's doing it, but it's my sinful flesh that's doing it, right? So here's the answer, Romans 7, 25. He gives us the answer. He says, thanks be to God. Thank God. Let me read the NLT. He says, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to law. Okay. So let's go down further than that. 726. Let's go back. Thanks be to God who deliver us through Christ Jesus our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law. But in my, this is what's going on. In my mind, I want to do what God wants me to do. But in my sinful nature, I'm a slave to the law of sin. So how do we overcome this? He said, Romans 7, 23 says, but I see another law at work in my body, worn against the law of my mind, holding me captive to the law of sin that dwelleth in me. So, Romans 7, 23, 22. Let's look at Romans 7, 22. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. My spirit wants to do what God say. But I see another law at work in my body, worn against the law of my mind and holding me captive to the law of sin that dwells within me. There's another law at work in me. It's my sin nature. That sinful nature is working contrary to what I want to do, is is working in opposition to what my flesh wants. So we have to crucify that flesh daily by telling it no. Verse 24, Romans 7, 24. What a wretched man am I? Who will rescue me from this body of death? How how in the world am I going to escape this? How how do I get away from this? Uh, how am I going to escape this? Well, let's see. Let's see. 724. Let's see what 724 says. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? How could I get away from this? How can, what is going on here? I feel like a bipolar Christian. It says, um, NLT says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, right? My mind, in my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. It's with our mind that we serve the Lord. We have to renew our mind because our body is doing what the what the, the our body is doing what the uh what our mind is telling it to so the 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 solution to your problem to our problem is look at those areas in our lives that we're living contrary to what God the way God lived those areas in our lives where we're saying things is contrary um to what God is saying 
What a wretched man I am, it says. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. So then with my mind, I serve the law of God. This is the answer. But with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. So it's with our mind that we serve the law of God. This is why we have to renew our mind. We have to change our carnal mind of thinking. We have to change our carnal mind of thinking. For in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life sets you free from the law of sin and death. When we walk in the spirit, the word of God tells us that we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the answer to this warfare, when you want to do good and can't do good and, and evil is always present, he said, and it's with my mind, I serve the law of God. Right, So in order, we have to renew our mind. We have to make a choice. Jesus, God said, you choose. Life, death, blessings, or curses. We get to choose. I mean, God gave us choice because love is choice. It's not force. So anytime you're trying to force someone to do something, know that it's not love. That's a form of manipulation, which is witchcraft. Love is choice. It's not force. We get to choose. God gave us a choice because he loves us. Right, Not because he wants to manipulate or control us. Uh, Without trust, all we have is control. I thought I'd throw that in there. But what I'm saying is, okay, so with my mind, I serve the law of of God. But it's with my flesh that I'm going to continue to serve. Because your mind mind is going to tell your body what to do. The body's going to do what the mind tells it to. So he said, it's with my mind that I serve the law of God. And this is why Romans 12, 1 and 2, and I'm getting ready to end here because I'm almost out of time. But Romans 12, let me read the English Standard Version. Romans 12 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God to present your body as a living sacrifice. We're going to have to submit our bodies holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we're saying first thing we got to do, we've got to present our bodies. We have to uh, yield our members. The Bible says whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve to. Whoever we yield our body to, that's who we serve to. We yield it to righteousness, then the servant of God. But if we use our body for evil, then that makes us a servant of the devil, right? Whoever you yield your members to, that's who you serve to. So here he's saying, I present your bodies as a living sacrifice. In other words, God needs our will to work. <laughs> he's not going to override our will because once again, love is choice, not force, right? He's not going to work. And he says, but um, verse two, Romans 12 and two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, then, uh, then you will know God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. We cannot know God's good and acceptable and perfect will for our, uh, for our lives if we don't know what the Word of God is saying. It's dangerous to live in these end times and not know what the Word of God is saying because we're going to have many false prophets, many false teachers, many false leaders. Teach, you know, but God, Jesus said you're going to know them by the fruit, though. He never said you'll know them by how, how uh, the Bible verses, but you can know that, too, because the Holy Spirit is a teacher. We have an unction from the Holy One that's going to let us know when something's off, when something's God, and when something's not. But there's more than one way to tune into it because even in that, Jesus said, look here, you can know them by their fruit. Because he who has not loved does not know God, does not abide in God, and God does not abide in him. Because without love, we can't be patient, kind, gentleness. You know, the Bible teaches us that love is the fulfillment of the law. Jesus said, the way you'll know my disciples is by the love they have for one another. I'm getting ready to get off here, and I'm getting ready to end it. But um, if you no longer want your body to do what the mind tell it to, then what we have to do is renew our mind. When we change our way of thinking, if we want to change where we at, we got to change our mindset. We have to put on the mind of Christ. I'm not talking mind over matter. I'm talking about the word of God over the matter. What is the counsel of God concerning the situation, the circumstance, the lifestyle? Let's quit blaming other people for where we're at and let's start changing and renewing our own mindset. Again, thank you guys for joining in. If you'd like to support us, this is Dr. Pearlie Martin. Um, thank you for joining in on my podcast, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. If you guys like to support us, hit that support button. Leave them. If you'd like to leave a prayer request, hit that message button. 
you guys. Keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout this wonderful, wonderful day. This is a good day because God made this day and God is in this day, the God who is so good. And God is in us. So we don't have to be without hope. Not only is God with us, but as born again believers, the spirit of God is in us. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I'd like to invite you to do so uh, by Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says for us to confess with our mouth and we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. Hold on one minute. That God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. We shall be saved. Those who suffer call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you openly can declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But for it's by the it's by uh, believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring that your faith with your faith that you are saved. So accept Jesus Christ today. Romans 10, 9 and 10.